Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Melissa Rodney, president and founder of Rejuve Medical Aesthetic Clinic. Okay, welcome everybody. This is Alex Tiersch and welcome to the podcast. We have on the AmSpa hotline, um, the lovely and talented and very successful Melissa Rogney, um, who is joining us from Fargo, North Carolina. And uh, we've got a great story to tell. You know, we wanted Melissa uh, to, to, to join us because and many of you have heard, um, but there's been a lot of... Um, a lot of mergers and acquisitions talk in the med spa space as of late, and a lot of folks are are looking to get acquired or are being acquired. And Melissa, your uh, med spa, which is one of the the most successful med spas that we've that, that we've ever encountered, you've been a you've been a, a, a guest on our at MSS on our success panel, and you've done so much. You actually had the the um, the pleasure of being acquired recently, and I wanted to, to talk to you about that and, and hear your story a little bit. But first of all, tell me how you're doing up in uh, up in North Dakota. Uh, we're doing great, you know, like everybody. Business is wonderful, and it's summer in North Dakota, so <laughs> we enjoy that seven days out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, it's well. It's been it's been so interesting to to talk to you over the years because you know you've you've had such an incredibly successful med spa up in North Dakota of all places. Which um, again, nothing nothing against North Dakota, but it's just it's always surprising to see the type of. Um, the type of business that you've been able to build up there. Um, yeah. And it's, it's so we, we've, we've been big fans of yours for a long time. It's, I'm so excited that this, that you've got to, to kind of, you know, uh, take some chips off the table a little bit and, 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 and become part of something bigger. Um, if you could, for the folks who don't know you, just give us a, a quick little reader's digest version of about who you are and, and, and what your, what your med spa was up in North, in North Dakota. So they get an idea of kind of what we're talking about. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Uh, so I, I hate even saying this out loud because people can figure out my age really quickly, but <laughs> I have been in the aesthetics industry now, Alex, for 21 years. Wow. I celebrated 21 years in May since I graduated with my aesthetic certificate. Claim to fame will always be that I was the first esthetician in my state. Wow. So pretty big deal. Uh, you know, worked with a physician for the first four or five years of my career, uh, which was never supposed to be a career. It was really just a hobby. Uh, my my college degrees were in psychology and communications. Okay. So that's a field I was working in. And aesthetics was just kind of a fun pastime mm-hmm. for me. Uh, and obviously that turned out okay. After yes, about five years, I decided to take the leap and open Rejuve. Uh, so that was in 2005. Rejuve was a whopping, uh, you know, four rooms. I was every <laughs> staff member. I was the janitor. I was the front desk. I did it all. Uh, and you know, we've just had a wonderful, wild ride over the last 16 years. There hasn't been a year, even during the recession, that we haven't had double-digit growth. Um, and now we're sitting here in this one, we call it mega location, 11,000 square feet. We have about 50 mm. of us. 
uh, working out of this location. So it has been quite the journey up to this point. That is insane. 11,000 square feet from just a, a four room. Are you in the same location uh, and just to expand it on it or have you like have moved around a little bit? So when we opened, I was actually in a second story uh, strip center, very reasonable rent, affordable, zero visibility though, Alex. Um, and we ramped up to two, three million in that space. And so five years ago, my husband and I just really bit the bullet and we built this building that we're in now wow. uh, and kind of rolled the chips and said, let's see what happens if we become really visible. Yeah. So we built in a retail quarter and I will tell you overnight, the business exploded. So does location matter in my experience? Yes. That's interesting. So you were doing well, but then you, 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 you really kind of doubled down on your success, decided to invest in, in larger space in a visible um, location. And that's kind of what, 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 what forced you to, or allowed you to take off to, to the heights that you were at. What, d- d- just talk a little bit real quickly about what, I mean, what types of, ser- are you doing, offer everything? Are you a full service med spa or is, are there certain things you focus on more than others? Um, sure. You know, through the years, we've, we've definitely added. And sometimes, Alex, to be honest, I look at our service menu and I just cringe because <laughs> we've pulled so much in over the years. But it's always great to be introducing something new. Yeah. Uh, so there's really not much that we don't have. In fact, I'm probably hard pressed to find a service that we don't have in the clinic today. Uh, what, the one thing that we've really kind of walked away from through the years is anything that speaks more to beauty. Okay. So, you know, eyebrows, okay. lashes, you know, things of that nature, we've really pulled away from and really stayed true to our medical roots uh, okay. as we've expanded. That's awesome. What, um, you know, we had a whole panel at Medical Spa Show um, two years ago that you were on where we talked about, you know, the secrets of, of, of your success. And, and I'm just curious, it's actually on, on people can listen to it as a podcast. Um, and you were on that with a bunch of other f- fabulous owners. What uh, uh, what I've always been blown away by is the the level of success that you've been able to reach, not just like in profitability, because you can do that anywhere, but just in, in pure the, the revenue generation that you've been able to reach in a place um, that is not, let's be honest, not known for its aesthetic chops as far as like, you know, the origins of, of our of our industry. Um, what what's the secret to how did you do it? And I, and I know that's kind of a loaded question, but I'm just curious if you could point to one or two things, what would it be? You know, it, it really is interesting because when you look at the volume that we do uh, with Allergan, for instance, and people ask me that often, yeah. you know, how were you able to, in a very rural farming based community, yeah. uh, drive demand? And, you know, what I like to say, Alex, is we created demand. I mean, we we became aesthetic. So we were really aggressive in how we marketed. I invested heavily. But the way that we marketed really spoke to the community. So I always have a, a joke that, you know, we would get the printouts from Allergan and here's your ads. And mm-hmm. the first thing I would do is just delete, 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 because I knew what resonated with my market. Okay. I knew what was important to them. And what was important to them is that nobody ever know 
or could tell that they got work done. It, it, it would be frowned upon in this area of the country, which is probably different than mm-hmm. different areas of the country. So we really leaned into the notion of, you know, I think it was a, one of the companies did, everyone will, will notice, nobody will know. We really leaned into this notion of, hey, we are all about making you look like the best you and not not anything other than that and yeah. tried to dispel the myths that were really prevalent in this area. Um, and it's funny because now Fargo is one of the most saturated areas in the country really? for aesthetics wow. because we've been so successful. You know, there's been a lot of people who have tried to follow. So I think there is something like 18 providers uh, in a three mile square radius around me right now. Wow. I, you know, I, a couple of things that you said that I thought that, that resonated with me that were interesting. One is is creating demand. I think that's something that that people, you know, everyone kind of thinks about, but it's a lot harder to do that, and um, than than just kind of you know how you how you say it and. The, the fact that you were able to do that in a in a location where there weren't that oh I hear my cat saying hello to you she, she likes to pop in for for these stuff for these Aww, interviews um, well, she's welcome to join um, what like to, to be able to do that in a place like Fargo is easier said than done um, and knowing what your market wants is obviously important and what's important to them, you know, not knowing that they had worked on, which I think is, is, is overlooked. You know, uh, everyone kind of says that, but, but also not a lot of people can do it. What types of, like, if you could point to one or two types of what was the main like marketing driver that you invested in that were able to uh, get people in? Like what, what was the it? That hardest, got- the hardest marketing I will tell you. And it is a hundred percent that gorilla marketing. I beat the streets. Literally, Alex, mm-hmm. it's the stuff that we, you know, it's yeah. so much easier to take out a radio ad, to throw something in, in a magazine, um, but there's no substitute for yeah. that highly motivated owner. Yeah. And I was out there. I made a ton of connections. I was involved in every organization. I went door to door. And I think back at, at it now and that's what you need to do. I mean, it is very much, they needed to see me, meet me, yeah. hear about my story. Um, and that's what was most successful. Wait, I thought, I thought owning your own business meant just working in your pajamas <laughs> a couple hours a day. I mean, Oh man, I paid some serious dues back in the day. I mean, I, I, I literally went and I would identify targets. I would say, all right, dentists, I'm going to visit every dental office and I would go in with coupons and, you know, mm-hmm. trays of goodies and come visit me. I'm down the street. would love to meet you. Um, and there's just no substitute, even in the digital age. Mm-hmm. I still firmly believe uh, it costs next to nothing. Yeah. Uh, just my time and my effort. Yeah. So uh, I, I agree. I mean, I think even in the digital age is almost more important because everyone just kind of falls back on the digital side and says, ah, I don't need to, I can just do Instagram, but getting out there and talking to folks, what, what was the reception at first? Cause you've been in this for a long time. You said 20, 20 years, 21 years. Yeah, 21 I mean, my years. goodness, like that's back when Botox first like came on the market. Like what, what was the reception at first where people like, what the hell are you doing? Or, or what was, how did you convince them that they needed to come in and, and see you? You know, we really 
So my tactic at that one, because you're right, Botox was not FDA approved yet right. when I first started. And so, you know, what I always found the best success with, um, and I look back and it, it was just really a great strategy is early on, I invested in a Vizia. Uh, I don't work for Canfield, but I will tell no, you, I, I it was one you. of the best investments I made. And when I would go business to business, I would give everybody this free mini facial and an invitation to come in for this digital scan. And so it really became less threatening. I never talked Botox, I never talked laser. I really brought them in at this very basic level of curiosity Mm -hmm. and understanding, knowing that in my community, Mary Kay and Avon were like the skincare in my community, Alex. And so I thought to myself, (laughs) what do they do that I can learn from? And they would do these little facial events. Mm. And so it really kind of built on that. And I knew that if I could get them in the door once, that's all I needed to do. Uh, You know, I I loved and am passionate about what I do. And I knew that once they came there, they were going to have this amazing experience and continue to come and and repeat retention was 90%. It was, it still is, it's a huge focus of ours. Um, So it was really understanding, I think, psychologically where they're at, being willing to give I mean, obviously, I gave mm-hmm. in order to really uh, roll the dice and gamble and bet that on myself that once they met me, once they had that first experience, they would continue to come back. Yeah. You know, interesting. You say Avon and um, and what was the other one? Mary Kay. Mary Kay. I mean, that's right. But you know what they do is they hit the pavement, right? Just like you said, yeah. they're out there. They're they're organizing. So um so uh, that's important. Uh, wh- what was um, talk about what, when you moved to that location um, where where you you built something? First of all, that's a huge move. It's an investment, right? Like, what was that like? And huh. and, and 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 did you see um, right away your your kind of your investment start to pay off, or were there a couple nervous nights there where you were wondering, uh, "Oh my God, what's going to happen?" I will tell you, we we were so nervous. I mean, it was really that leap of faith. Um, and yeah. especially, I think, as a husband and wife, you know, it, yeah. it really is that test. I mean, we, we were the partners. Yeah. We've never had any other yeah. partners um, outside of just he and I. And, you know, one of us would start to question and then the other would say, no, it's great. Yeah. So what was your revenue at, though, before, if you don't mind sharing, what was your revenue at but before you switched to the new location? So we were at about two and a half million. Okay. And had you maxed uh, out your space pretty much? And we were like on top of each other, okay. completely maxed out. Okay. Uh, so it was interesting. So we had this strategy. We built this building, which is 11,000 square feet, but we only fit up half of it. Okay. And our strategy was we'll lease out the other half and that will subsidize us. Yeah. I mean, if everything goes south here, at uh, least you have a that, property. That was kind of our, our backup plan. And, you know, fortunately for us, we didn't say no to the, or we said no to every tenant that wanted to lease. I just, for me, it was like, oh, they're not the right fit. They're not the right fit. And at the same time, we were all of a sudden filled at 5,500 square feet. And so we ended up just three years in building out the rest of the facility for us. Wow. And is it, is it built out completely? Are you utilizing the whole space right now? 
We are utilizing the whole space. We have 26 treatment rooms. I mean, that is a massive location, 11,000 square feet. I mean, that's. I get lost. I still get lost. I can't even (laughs) imagine that. Oh, my goodness. We have, let's see, at any given time, we have 10 rooms that are injecting simultaneously. Wow. That's, that's, so, um, okay. So you, was it, was it pretty quickly that the, that the, that the 5,500 square feet started filling up and, 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 and and what do you attribute that to? It it can't, it's easy to say location, 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 like more visibility, but, but what was it that happened, uh, in addition to location to, to, to start getting that? Cause even 5,500 square feet by itself is, that's a big footprint by itself. for this industry, it's large. Well, there were two things that happened within 60 days of each other. One, we moved into this new location. Mm-hmm. And two, I launched our first membership program. Aha. Uh-huh. And so, aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when you want to talk about that key yeah. that unlocks that rapid uh, growth. So that year we grew 40%. Okay. And that was our... 10th, that was our 11th year in business. We had wow. just celebrated our 10 year. We grew 40% that year. And okay. um, so I will tell you, and if anyone has spent any time talking to me, they know that I am a very much an advocate mm-hmm. for membership yeah. and what membership can do to really transform the yeah. business. So what, first of all, uh, what, what year was that that you started the membership? Sure. So that was in, so we moved in here. It would have been 2000. It was Fall of 2015. Okay. Okay. So So we are, so this fall will be our sixth year, 2021. Okay. Uh, We have just shy of 3,000 monthly members. Wow. So what was it? Because even back then, I mean, that was that that was really the beginning of of whatever. I mean, I, I talked to a few folks who have memberships, maybe a little earlier than then, but not many. I mean, it's it's that's what the beginning of it. What was it that caused you to do that? Like, where did you get the idea? How did you set it up? Where did you find out how to do it? Um, and so, so walk me through that. Sure. Well, I'm always restless. And I'm always tinkering. I like to tinker. Sometimes my staff has wanted to kill me because (laughs) I like to tinker. Uh Uh, And the other thing that I think has been really instrumental is I'm always studying business outside of aesthetics. Okay. And that's advice that I would give anybody is get outside your industry and figure out what you can learn outside Mm -hmm. your industry. So one of the businesses that had intrigued me and I first saw them when I was visiting, uh, it was in Arizona and it was Massage Envy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. And so that was probably in about 2008, 2009, I'd first stumbled upon a, a Massage Envy. And yeah. there was actually a period of time where I told my husband, should we buy into this franchise? Yeah. I think this is genius. Yeah. Uh, so that's what really got my wheels turning mm-hmm. on how you could have this model that guaranteed frequency of visit and yeah. recurring revenue. Okay. Uh, Interesting. So our first iteration of membership 
mirrored fairly closely to a massage envy or a massage height. Okay. Now we've iterated that over time, yeah. I think to meet the unique needs of aesthetics, uh, which of course we have a much broader service offering. Yeah. So we have tweaked, but that's really where I was inspired by their model and fascinated by how they, and, and I know they have just a tremendous amount of locations now right. I built off this very, simple, yeah. transparent pricing, easy model. Yeah. So that they were my inspiration. That's awesome. So what was your, um, if you can share, what was your original, what was the original model? Like what did you offer for the membership? So the original model was pay a monthly fee, get a monthly facial. Okay. Very much mimicking what they do. So they get a facial, but that just gets them to come into the, so you can yes, sell them all their exactly. stuff. Exactly. And then of course at that point, we would try to encourage them to explore other services as well. You know, we ran into some really unique challenges with that that we didn't anticipate, and it really became operationally challenging. It was immediately successful. I think the first month we had 300 members sign up. Um, But operationally, it really drove behaviors. So if you think about the average person, if they're anything like me, we procrastinate. And so the last week of the month, everyone's calling trying to get in for their facials. And so, you know, we're we're adding estheticians, we're adding this level of staff. But what I noticed is, and I watch our service revenue distribution really closely, Mm -hmm. and I noticed that our service revenue distribution was really leaning heavily towards the aesthetic services. And we weren't getting into the higher ticket medical device, energy-based device treatment. Okay, and so you're talking Um, about like uh, injectables? Yes, exactly. So while we were having more patient traffic and volume than we had ever had, um, we were we had customer service issues because we couldn't accommodate everyone getting in, uh, and you know then you try to mm-hmm. roll over the credits, and there was just getting to be some of these operational stickiness. And we pride ourselves on always saying yes and having this fabulous service, and when patients are disgruntled because they can't get in and it's my month for my facial. Yeah. Uh, it just, it didn't seem like it was the model that really fit for okay. what our ultimate goal was yeah. within it. So, so then we ended up pivoting. Okay. So what did, what did you go to then? Yeah. So we, we kind of did this whole big rebrand, uh, ushered everybody in and said, look, what you want is flexibility, mm-hmm. right? What we want is loyalty. Mm -hmm. So how can we give our patients what they want, which is flexibility Mm -hmm. um, and savings, of course, right? And savings. And what we want more than anything is patient loyalty and the ability to have time to work with them to get them through a complete transformative program, right? right? I don't want them to stay at a facial, just like I don't want them to stay at Botox. So we went back to the drawing board and said, look, what if that money became a credit? Mm-hmm. What if it, it literally is their money, mm-hmm. they're buying into this program, they can come in, they can use it for whatever they want. They mm-hmm. can use it for products, they can use it for service, they can use it for package. And um, so that's how we really rebranded it. And we came back out with this uh, Radiance loyalty program and, and really made it feel more like you're being rewarded for mm-hmm. your loyalty. You're not this, mm-hmm. buy this, get this. Right. Uh, so it was really reconceptualizing the purpose 
of the program. And I will tell you that best decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, service distribution is beautiful. I love how my revenue buckets look today. Um, and it's really hard to say no to that program yeah. as a patient. It's really an easy program to promote and sell um, because you just win. The patient yeah. wins. So do they get, level. so, so you're, you're, you're paying your monthly fee um, yeah. and that gets banked basically. So you can use it for whatever yeah. you want. What, what's the, what's the value of being, is it, is it discounted pricing for members? Is that yeah. how it works? Okay. And, yeah. and, and no. how much are you discounting on those? If you don't, yeah. so, you know, on average it's 15 to 20%. Okay. Uh, That's substantial. On, on where we're at uh, across the board. You know, we really plan. So actually our whole business model now, we start with membership when we're evaluating pricing. Yeah. Uh, we start with membership yeah. and everything works backwards and flows from membership because we're right. assuming that 80% of our active patients are members. Yeah. And so just really flipping that script a little bit on the paradigm where membership isn't the exception. Membership is the model. Right. Uh, so, you know, for members, you know, discount obviously is the number one reason that they might join. But, you know, and we do the other things, you know, we do the birthday gifts, we do mm-hmm. the events. Um, but at the end of the day, what really sells it is you're going to spend this money anyway. Right. Basically, we want to reward you. And, and we have a 12 month yeah. contract, which is one of the longer contracts in the business. And um, you know, people have asked me a lot, but gosh, you know, we only have a three or a six. Yeah. Um, we do a 12 because we're, we talk to them about a relationship. Right. This is an ongoing relationship. We'll commit to you. You commit to us and in exchange for your commitment. You're going to get these amazing savings. That's all. And you know what I like about it is it's it's simple. It's easy to understand, right? You know, you get. Oh, yes. That would be advice that I would give to anybody. Yeah. We did a tiered. People yep. ask me. Um, and I say, don't, 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 don't do a tiered membership. You will sell simple cells. We know simple cells. When you start to give options and, and I remember just observing my front desk and listening to them Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, you could be a diamond member and it's this, or you could be this. And I was watching the patient's reaction and, you know, my background being in, uh, you know, psychology. And I could just see, I could just see them starting to put up that barrier, like, okay, this is too much. Yeah. And you know, the dreaded words, I'm going to think about it. Oh, yeah. So I just I said that the other day. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, you yeah. know what that means. So I went back, I stripped it apart, brought it back to the table um, gave the team great tools to use, little calculators, little mm-hmm. you know things that mm-hmm. are easy to explain, and boom. So what's the what's the what's the monthly revenue uh, monthly membership fee? Sure. So the monthly fee is eighty nine dollars. Okay. So really, you know, below that hundred dollar mark. Yeah, that's not very but, much at all. Know, you get 3,000 people at $89 and it's not a bad monthly debit. Not at all. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, and do you find, so what I love about membership programs is, is, is everything that you said, but at the same time, there, there's things that make me nervous about them. Um, you know, one is people, uh, this doesn't really apply to yours because they're still they're still getting they're still getting charged for the services. So they're not getting complimentary services, which I think is gets some people in trouble sometimes. What about cancellations? How do you deal with that? Like if people say I don't want to do a year after six months, they they just they just they 
you know, cancel their car. People always have that concern. Well, what do I do about that? Uh, how, how do you, how do you end up chasing them down or do you have a process for that? What's the, yeah, that's a great question. And I think that you absolutely have to have a process for that. Yeah. So probably what happens most frequently, if you want to talk about, you know, pain points within programming is the expired cards. Right. right. You know, and that's that's how we build. Uh, so we have a really great process. So one of the things that, you know, we do is, you know, texting usually gets responses. You can't call people anymore. Nobody wants nobody wants you to call them anymore. No, I don't answer. But when the phone. you text them, you get a, a, a quick response. Uh, you know, we learned early on. It's not worth fighting on the contracts. If someone defaults six months into it and they have a 12 month contract, for us, we haven't really, we haven't given them anything free, mm-hmm. so we yeah. just we just write it off. Um, they do lose their credit though, so if they have banked credits and they default, yeah. that's a really that's a powerful mitigating factor for them not to because right. then that credit that they built up disappears. Right. So I would say the biggest part for us and what I would recommend is making sure that you're not doing things like you said, the complimentary where if they default, right. you're, you've given them uh, value that you're not going to retain. Right. So right. our system is really set up so that it's a very uh, equitable relationship. Yeah. So then, the um, do you allow folks to roll over their credits from year to year? Though, I mean, if if I go, you know, if I'm paying every year, like yeah. I did for Massage Envy for whatever seven years and didn't didn't use any of them, um, they it, 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 it can roll into the to the next year. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So their credit can, as long as they're an active member, it continues to roll. Uh, when they cancel their membership, then that credit, right. uh, it goes away. Wow. So what, um, and you said 80% of your, did you say 80% of your, of your clients yeah. are members? Wow. There are active, when you look at our active uh, clientele, 80% are in membership. I mean, I'm you're trying to do the math, math, 3,000 3, times 89. I mean, that. That is, that's not bad. <laughs> I mean, that keeps the lights on. Um, it does keep the lights on. Thank goodness. It keeps this, this team of 50 paid. <laughs> oh my goodness. So um, what I, I do want to get into um, um, the, the acquisition, because I think there's a yeah. lot, there's been a, it was a big buzz in the industry when people started hearing about it. Um, um, because there's, I don't know, have you, I mean, there's not many folks who have been around as long as you. There's, there's certainly, yeah. but there are a lot of owners that I've spoken with who have been around for say 10 years. Um, sure. and they're, or, or a little longer, or even a little shorter, you know, five to seven. It's, I mean, this is a hard business to run. It's a lot of time and effort. And I feel like there's just a little bit of ownership for fatigue where people are like, ah, oh, it's like, I want to take a step back. I want to take some cash off the table. I want to be part of maybe something bigger. Um, but w- talk about, um, what was the reason for you deciding to sell your, your, your med spot? Like what was kind of, what was that thought process? Was it something you were talking about for a while with you and your husband or, or did it just kind of come up randomly? Well, you know, it, it was really interesting because I've always had such a passion and, you know, for me, it was constantly what's next, what's next, what's next. So it wasn't as much of, I want to pull back, but here were the conversations. I'm bored. 
gotten bored. Who says that? Who runs this? But I, I love to be challenged. And membership was fun. And that yeah. was challenging. And I had really felt um, that I kind of plateaued uh-huh. in innovation and what I could do. And for me, being mentally stimulated is incredibly important. And so I had started doing a lot of consulting mm-hmm. uh, and meeting with other owners. And I was like, maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm at that point where I should move on from ownership um, and I should help. I should give back. Maybe that's the next piece. You know, you start to have and, you know, I'm not going to say how old I am, but there's a certain point <laughs> in your life that you really start to have that, that those reflective conversations. And so I knew that I was ready for something. And I had never I knew that a regional practice opening three and four mm-hmm. spread across North Dakota, Minnesota was not for me. Okay. You know, I, I'd watch people like seen it go down. Yeah. Stress goes through through the roof and income doesn't mm-hmm. improve enough to justify it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew for me, I always used to joke. I'm like, it's one or a hundred, nothing in between. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like be facetious, but really not. Um, knowing that, that, that was just who I was and, and it was either be do one thing really really well right. or find a partner okay and, so and, and, and you always just had the one location right you didn't have yeah, okay yeah, I, I never I ne- and people ask me so many times through the years you know all over uh, come here come yeah. here open yeah. here open here and it just I knew what that would look like yeah. and it just didn't seem right yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we really kind of came to the point where we said, well, we'll just, we'll have our, we'll have our feelers out there, but we weren't actively pursuing yeah. anything. So I don't know if you knew this, but you are an instrumental part of the story. I did. I did not know this. This so is I'm news to me. You that this is where you become part of this fairy tale. And you notice I'm calling it a fairy tale. Yeah, I'm still but waiting for my check in the mail, though. What's my- <laughs> <laughs> I've got some great skincare products on their way to you awesome. right now. That'll do it. That'll do it. So, yeah, tell me. I'm curious. Yes. So when I spoke at uh, the AMSPA show, when yeah. I was on the panel, yeah. uh, the ADMI team was there. Awesome. And they had identified in those previous months that aesthetics was a vertical yeah. that was well within their wheelhouse. It was okay. very complementary to the other verticals. Okay. And they were on a mission. And their mission was to find an owner. Now, I will tell you that their owner, their ideal owner had 10 to 15 locations. Mm-hmm. Their ideal owner did not have one big location yeah. in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, right? I'm sure uh, that was not when they modeled it out exactly what they were looking for. Nope, not at all. <laughs> and so, you know, they were there. They were there with that one purpose. So yeah. they came to Amspot with their sole purpose was to find that owner. That's awesome. And uh, they heard me speak at the panel and clearly loved my sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is what we can attribute to. And they approached me. And it was kind of a funny story because I'm a jokester. And, you know, this this team kind of comes up to me and, you know, younger gentlemen, very well-dressed suits. Mm-hmm. You can always see them at the show. Oh, yeah. And you're like, yep. oh, yeah, you stand out like a sore thumb. Yep. And they say, oh, you know, I'm with Aspen Dental. You know, you know, this is something we're thinking about. And I kind of was being funny. And I said, well, I'd love to talk to you, but I'm headed into the exhibit hall. My bag is really heavy. So if you carry 
my show bag, you can walk with me. (laughs) (laughs) And And he he said, well, I would love to. And that's how it all started. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Good for him for taking the initiative. You invited me. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I don't know that I would have come up on their radar. That's awesome. Um, and, and so it's uh, an ADMI is private equity, correct? Yes. So okay. they are backed by two large private okay, equity gotcha. firms. And then they own, but they also own Aspen Dental, which many people have heard about. And they're a, a which, which is what we're seeing. You know, I, I see a lot of these investors coming in and we're seeing a lot of the folks who were in dental, they were in sure. um, Derm and they're, they're seeing med spas as the same kind of thing. And, and it's interesting that you say that because what you said is they all want their base model to be like someone with 20 to 30 locations. And, and I'm always telling them like, there's just not that many of those out there. Like the, the you've got to find the operators like yourself. Um, so and I'm curious, what was, when you first started talking to them, were you excited or were you terrified or both? Um, I was super skeptical. So like, you know, like, uh, what is this? <laughs> and so I think I was, I was extremely casual okay. um, because, you know, I, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I wasn't intimidated. I wasn't worried. I was just like, well, I'm just me. I'm this one location in Fargo. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to you. I'll share. I, I never imagined that it would go any further. Okay. Um, I really did. I just, you know, we we just know that we have something special here, but it wasn't always recognized. Yeah. And so I was, I really wasn't excited. I was just like, oh, this will be fun. They seem like great guys. Yeah. You know, this, this will be great. Never really anticipated that it would actually, um, and for me, culture was so important to me. And what I saw initially was this big business. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, right away, my heels, my, we're dug in, you know, the, the, okay, how, how, how are we, this small business going to fit culture wise yeah. with this it's large, a huge, it's a great question. 1000 unit healthcare yeah. conglomerate. Um, I, I just, I didn't think that I would be fortunate enough to find somebody who actually was a fit from that standpoint. What? So, so talk about that though. Cause I think that's, it's crucial, right? And it's 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 so crucial, it's, Alex. It's, it's number one. It is nothing else matters. And so, you know, I had a few conversations. We went into COVID, um, as you know, you know, certainly after the show, you know, there was COVID. We came out of COVID. We reopened in May. We were mm-hmm. able to reopen here in Fargo, mm-hmm. and and the team from ADMI called and say, "How are you doing post COVID?" Well, we were on fire. Yeah. You know, we were doing great. Yeah. And, um, you know, we exchanged, you know, went through the, the process of, you know, signing the NDA, yeah. exchanged a little bit of papers, just pushed a few numbers across the table. <laughs> um, and then I got the call that the CEO of ADMI wanted to, you know, jet in on his private, on his PJ. <laughs> I called PJ. So jet in on that to come meet with me. And I was like, at that point, there was maybe some nervousness. Okay. I think up until that point, yeah. I was very cool, calm, and collected. Well, it was all theoretical, right, at that yeah, point? it was all theoretical. At that point, I was like, huh, okay, <laughs> this is a real that's, deal. God, oh, that's probably surreal, right? You're just like, oh, my, this is like what I see on TV, and then this guy comes in. And, and so uh, what's, what, um, what's, talk about, be, and, and, 
I want to make sure I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be disparaging of private equity firms because there's yeah. a lot of great ones out there and they, they serve a, a huge role. But there are a lot of people who get nervous about dealing with private equity because they're worried about what their business is going to become. And and what was it about this partnership and the and the culture that, that drew you to them? And what, why is it such a good fit? And, you know, there's different pieces for different people. And, and this obviously was a great fit for you. And, and what what was it that that, that made that that work? Sure. Such a great question. And, you know, I think one of the things that's really unique about ADMI um, is even though they're backed by private equity, the founder is still the CEO. Mm-hmm. And his story, Alex, is just like my story. Mm-hmm. He, started, uh, he started working in a dental office. Mm-hmm. That's it. And opened one, opened two, opened three. And so it's very rare, I think, to find a founder-led organization that's reached the size that ADMI has. It's its really uh, yeah. unique and I don't think happens. Uh, so when he came here, it was just immediately we share the same story. And I think that's what he saw in me as, yes, I'm one location, but we said we, we just really resonated with each other. And and being a founder, he worked in the trenches. Mm-hmm. He he was the person answering phones and he grew this amazing business. And so having him, it really was him that that told me this he's gonna know. Yeah. He's gonna understand yes. what it's like. He is he's a small business owner yeah. who is that rare story of just really finding an incredible path. So we just absolutely hit it off. You know, and I started talking, I opened up, you know, I prepared my my few slides and I opened up really talking about what was most important to me and what I felt made rejuve who Riju was, which was our purpose and our values. Mm -hmm. And so I spent probably the first 20 minutes not even talking about numbers, but just really talking about who we were Mm -hmm. and why that was important to me. And after I was done with that, you could just see it was right. And so he pulls out his phone and he said, I want to show you something. And Aspen does this incredible uh, annual event where they pull all all the dentists in Mm -hmm. and he shows me this event and there's dj khaled (laughs) there's there's you know bob on stage it's fun high energy and that's who we are and you can tell from me i I definitely don't suffer from a lack of energy no you don't his culture and our culture I mean, it was just, it, we were just so connected and I'm like, okay, I'm there next year. You cannot do that without me. So it <laughs> might be awesome. a Tam spa culture. Yeah. To be honest, really? Like, Interesting. About, well, like, I was there. I was there when body surfing was happening. <laughs> I may, I was not a surfer, but I was in the crowd. I remember. Um, but, you know, just that, you know, we have always emphasized, you know, fun, Fun is number one. Yeah. I mean, if you're not having fun, if you're not enjoying this journey, life is too short. Right. Um, I'm all about living to the fullest. And so our culture here is very much fun, lighthearted, yeah. uh, lots of laughter. And so to find somebody that resonated and really shared yeah. that, um, that that's what really I think he and I both walked out of that room knowing that this was this was a partnership. That's that was awesome. Going to work. So what? um 
was the process difficult? I, what, the whole process for clo- for getting to, d- to close was it was it difficult? And what 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 advice can you give to folks about that? Because that, well, that oftentimes is the part that that kind of ruins it for people because <laughs> it, you get all, you start beating each other up and and you know all that. How, how'd that go for you? You know, uh, so the worst part, without a doubt, was due diligence. Yeah. And so getting through the LOI and the, it really wasn't that bad. You know, they were, they saw the value Mm -hmm. in us. I saw the value in them. That part wasn't bad at all, but I will tell you the due diligence uh, and and people had warned me. So I will tell you that I had a joke and like due diligence was a 90 day colonoscopy. (laughs) It's that's a great way to put it. Yeah, Yeah. it was a 90 days. So what I would tell listeners, the advice I have is have Luckily, we are extremely well run. Mm -hmm. Our finances are in order. Our reporting is fantastic. If it wasn't, if you do not run a tight ship, it is going to be an extraordinarily painful process. We had an excellent accountant. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband, who had been working in the business, he worked really closely with him. He's incredibly anal and organized. Mm -hmm. So, the process went as well yeah. as it could have um, because we were very well run. Right. And so getting prepared or thinking that yeah. this might be something you want to do, the best advice I have is just run a tight ship. Yeah. Have your finances in order. Have a fantastic accountant. Our accountant was so great. Yeah. Um, he was an instrumental part of the process. So you know, it wasn't painful. It was just that every single part of your business is analyzed. Yeah. You know, there's not a, a rock that's left unturned. You know, we had the um, we had the teams come out and, you know, from Deloitte and you know, we went through the mm-hmm. whole process, but it also was very gratifying for me because I believed that I ran a really tight operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you that the uh, chief strategy officer who leads M&A for ADMI told me that I, in all her years, 20 years of M&A, nobody has flipped diligence as quickly as I had. That's awesome. And I said, because I'm extremely competitive yeah. and I would like be turn every request within 24 hours. Wow. No, that's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's not fun, right? You're it's like, no. even, even a colonoscopy that results in a, in a clean test, like is still a colonoscopy. Right? It's it's, <laughs> it's really, it's easy to get frustrated. Yeah. It the is. Process. It's, it's, you can't get defensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're, they're, you're looking at a partnership. Yeah. They, well, they and a lot of money, money, right? They're spending, yeah. they're spending a lot of money on something. Like, no. So I think, uh, just being really transparent throughout, uh, really helped for me. You know, we were organized, but I was very transparent. I had great records, my team. So I did make a choice. I brought uh, three of my managers in on the process. Okay. And that is maybe not a choice for everybody, Mm -hmm. but I knew that I would be able to execute due diligence uh, much more effectively. And and when you, when you say bring them in, like you just let them know what was going on so that, okay. Yeah, I did. So yeah, you know, some people, yeah. choose not to let any team members know. Yeah. I had three trusted managers that had been with me 10 years plus, and I knew I could trust them. Uh, you know, we didn't reveal to the full team 
until the you know ink was dry, so yeah. to speak, yeah. uh, just in case. But that that for me was really yeah. a big help. They they shared a lot of that burden with yeah. me. That's awesome. So um, the I, I want to take you back to that exact moment. Yeah, you know, you've been busting your ass for so long, right? And um, all the due diligence, all the hard work, everything, you know, the, the, the body surfing at AM spot, which I know that was you, um, <laughs> it, uh, like the ink dries on the, on the contract and, you know, wires go through what, like, what, what was that like? Like, was it, it must've been emotional and exciting and uh, just every, all emotions at once. It, it really is, Alice, you know, and, and everything flashes. You think of opening and you think of you think of those times. And I don't know if there's an owner out there who wouldn't say there were times that I felt like I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not cut out for this. I mean, I had plenty of self-doubt. Uh, I made plenty of mistakes. And, you know, you find the strength to push through. You find the strength to fight another day. And then I had plenty of obstacles, just like every other business owner out there. Um, so just to feel that gratitude that in a way you were just recognized. Somebody mm-hmm. saw what you've done and what you've just poured your heart and soul into and said, all right, you deserve, you deserve an incredible opportunity. It was it was pretty incredible. It was hard to put into words. That's that's awesome. Well, you know what though, but like a lot of folks, you know, after all their their work, like that's what they're lo- you know people are looking for that. Like you get that. That's that's what you're doing this for, and it's not all about the money. Of course, it's 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 about everything. Um, and so, congratulations! I just were, were we were so excited for everyone at Amspot was just so excited when we heard the news. Um, it couldn't have happened to a to a nicer person and a and a, and a better team. You, you, we've been following your progress for a long time, and it's just been it's been really cool. And it gives it, I think it gives a lot of um, hope to a lot of folks. You know, not not everyone's going to have in a you know a, a med spa the size of yours, but they don't they don't need to. It, there's no. there's different versions of this. So um, what's like what's next for you? So now what's your what's your role as we move forward? I mean, you wanted a new challenge, you've got it. What is it? I do. I oh, am I loving life? So you know, since October, um, you know, I, I'm moving on, president, and now this larger uh, vertical, and just having a blast. So you know, we've got 12 uh, openings in the pipeline through 2022. A uh, whole new concept, you know, as you know, Rejuve is probably not the most protectable name. I think there's maybe a hundred Rejuves mm-hmm. in a five hour radius. So, you know, we're launching the newest chapter aesthetic studio brand, which I couldn't be more excited about. Uh, you know, we really, I, I call it turning the page on aesthetics, yep. you know, really excited for that. And so, you know, building out the prototypes, assembling the corporate and the field teams right now. And honestly, uh, taking this team here in Fargo, who I will tell you, Alex, I mean, I'm part, I'm a cog in a wheel. Uh, I have a team of really incredible, incredible women here that I now get to pull forward and give them dream careers Mm -hmm. that they never thought Mm -hmm. would be possible. That has probably been, that's that goosebump moment for me. Um, so that's, that, that's where we're rolling. So the first openings are going to hit the end of this year and we're, 
full steam, full steam ahead to really try to have that positive impact on the industry in general. Yeah. Are, are you looking, are, are you looking to acquire or are you building from the ground up? What's the, what's the model? Sure. So we would say that we're primarily a de novo model. So primarily we're going to build from the ground up. We have three acquisitions in the pipeline right now um, and we are open to acquisitions. You know, what I found is there are some people who just, you know, after COVID Mm -hmm. um, and maybe they're getting to their mid fifties and kind of saying, you know what, I shouldn't want the hassles anymore, but Maybe I want to still be involved a little bit. Uh, so those are the acquisitions that we have. So we're we're open for the right culture fit yeah. opportunities from that perspective. If there's somebody who thinks about it the way we think about, um, so it's been fun to be able to meet some of these uh, incredible practitioners who are just looking to make a change as well. That's awesome. Um, where can folks uh, reach you if they want to get more information about what you're doing and, and, and or is, is there a, a place or a person they can go to to, to find out more? Absolutely. I would love uh, any contact. So our new website is up. It's mychapter.com. Mychapter.com. Uh, yes. Okay. Got yes. it. So there's a link I'm on there. there right now. Uh, would love to connect. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Okay. So Melissa Rogney on LinkedIn and would love to hear from anybody. You know, happy to share my experience. Um, I feel like this industry has obviously been incredible incredibly, incredibly generous to me and any way that I can give back and lend a hand to anybody else coming up through the ranks, I am happy to do that. Awesome. I appreciate I'd love to have you back and get and 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 and, and just kind of check in on your progress and, and maybe because <laughs> uh, it's just it's so exciting and and, and and congratulations again. It's uh it's it's well deserved and I, you know, you look like so happy and you're glowing with excitement. So that's great. So I, I, oh, I well now if you had me back, this is me before gray hair. Now <laughs> if I if I come back, my hair is white. Uh, uh, I won't be wrinkled. No, we know that. But we'll there will be no wrinkles. It's a fun adventure so far. I've got a great team to support me. So we'd love to come back and share yeah. our data. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, Melissa. You're awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Alice. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Melissa Rogney, president and founder of Rejuve Medical Aesthetic Clinic. If you're new with us, we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get AmSpa content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.